welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. Good to be with you today. We got a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day. My contributor is none other than David Schuster, TYT contributor, Rebel HQ superstar, and my brother from another mother. All right, she'll be a great breakdown. Top story of the day. We got a real mystery here. An African American female, 28 years of age, is going through a mental health episode. Parents call the police. The police come, put her in handcuffs in the back of the police squad car, and all of a sudden, she's being lifted, airlifted to a hospital for a head injury and outside of the police car, and they have no idea why she was in the location she was. Let me bring you to a place called Hancock, Georgia. Let's put up a picture of this family. You see the portrait they are holding, that's the young lady at the center of this saga and mystery. A woman in Hancock County is now in a coma, in a coma. After the family was told she escaped out of the deputy's cruiser while it was moving. Now her name is Brianna Greer. Now come back to me. There's something really ironic about this story already. You see, according to the parents, Brianna was going through a schizophrenic episode. They called the sheriff. The sheriff, the sheriff deputies responded. They put her in handcuffs, put her in a squad car in the back and said, well, they're, they're taking her to the sheriff's office. But why not to the hospital? And if you've ever been in the back of a police car, police cars, they do, do not open from the inside. Somebody had to let her out. And how did all of this happen with a 28 year old woman in handcuffs in the back of a squad car? I got questions. And it looks as if the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, well, they got questions too, because they are now looking into this case for possible criminal misconduct. So between Thursday, July 14th and Friday, July 15th, Brianna Greer came home and was having a schizophrenic episode. Her mom, Mary Greer, called the Hancock County Sheriff's Office for help. Two deputies arrived at the home between 12 midnight and 1 a.m. and put the 28 year old in handcuffs, put her in the back of the deputy's car. She was supposed to be taken to the sheriff's office, but ended up somewhere else. Her father, Marvin Greer, says he just wants to know the truth. The quote says, I would do what any parent would do. And that's what we're trying to do is find answers. Marvin Greer said, Marvin and Mary Greer were visited by Hancock County Sheriff Terrell Primus. Let's put a picture of the sheriff up. This is the sheriff of Hancock County, all right? That's Sheriff Primus. Um, he's known as Dr. Primus, actually. He told them Brianna was airlifted to Grady Hospital. Now, Hancock, Georgia, or Hancock County is nowhere near Grady Hospital. But Grady Hospital in the state of Georgia is considered to be a leading hospital for head trauma. All right? So they airlifted her to the hospital. They were shocked obviously, to get this information. They just called the police because there was an emergency and their daughter needed help. 
If I had known it was going to turn out like this, God knows I would not have called them to come and get her, said Mary Greer. The Greers were told by the sheriff that Brianna had kicked her way out of the deputy's cruiser. Now, Brianna is in a coma and has two fractures in her skull. Mary Greer could not believe the condition she was in when she saw Brianna in the hospital bed. She said, I just broke down and cried because it's just ridiculous how she laying up there with tubes and pipes everywhere on her for no reason because it didn't have to be that. It didn't have to be that, Mary Greer said. Brianna has three year old twin girls, Maria and Maria with an H. Marvin Greer told 13 WMAZ that Brianna had dreamed of being a veterinarian. The only answer the family wants to know is what happened to their Brianna. Once again, GBI is looking into this Georgia Bureau of Investigation. We have no idea if there's video footage, dash cam footage, the officer's footage, maybe footage from a convenience store or something in the area. None of that has been provided or produced for the family here. Now I have to agree with the family. There's something here that does not quite make sense. But I have to also highlight the protocol. When you call 911 for a medical emergency, which being in the middle of a schizophrenic episode is, that's non-criminal. That's a non-criminal emergency. Why is it that the deputies responded, put her in handcuffs, put her in the back of the squad car and was taken her to jail? You know the sheriff's office is, that's jail. She was going through a mental health crisis. Why are we treating a person who's going through a mental health crisis? But why are we treating them with incarceration? That's a protocol issue, that's a policy dynamic. And I have to say this, and I hate to say it, but it's true. When you call 911 and the police come, that means you're calling a gun to the scene. Now, I'm not sure if they plan to take her to the sheriff's office, do an evaluation and then to the hospital. But that wouldn't make sense if that was the protocol. Once again, we're back to a policy dynamic. So not only do you have something that went wrong as far as transport is concerned, we also see clearly that a policy dynamic is wrong in Hancock County. There's no way in the hell somebody should have to go in a police car with handcuffs because of a medical mental health emergency. All right, David, what are your thoughts on this case? I mean, too many Americans think that when police have this logo that says to protect and serve, it means to protect and serve when in fact police are there to dominate and end a threat. And police are used to dealing with what they conceive to be threats. Somebody with schizophrenia is not a threat as you pointed out, Dr. Richie. This is somebody who's going through a mental health crisis. You don't lock somebody up that way. You don't put them in handcuffs. You don't agitate them by throwing them in the back of a police cruiser. You have to figure out a way to sort of de-escalate, to soothe, to calm them down and to try to find the appropriate people who are trained to deal with them. To me though, this is yet another example. You cannot count on police to be able to do this. They are used to now and their training is again to put down threats. If you've got somebody who's got emotional problems or schizophrenia, paranoid schizophrenia, I feel like we're all in this situation now where you can't call the police. Call a doctor, call a nurse, call a neighbor, call a psychologist. Don't call the police because you're putting the person's life in danger.
Yeah, and these very good people thought they were doing the absolute right thing by their child. And now their child is up in a hospital bed, not able to respond in a coma, in a coma. All right, we're gonna stay on top of this story because I think there's a lot more to it. Let me take you to a place called Cobb County, Cobb County, Georgia. Well, you know the school, they decided to create a new symbol. And it looks just like a Nazi eagle in Sigma. That's what they did, let's put it up full mass here. Give you the comparison, all right? On the left, Eastside Elementary. On the right, the Nazis. Yeah, Cobb County, let's get into it. The Cobb County School District. In the state of Georgia, I'm still in Georgia with this stuff. Is going back to the drawing board, you don't say. After a newly designed logo for the school sparked controversy for its resemblance to an image from Nazi Germany. East Side Elementary School on Monday unveiled this new logo in a message to parents. The logo featured an eagle, the school's mascot, spreading its wing and holding a circle featuring the letters ES. Can we put that side by side comparison up again? Now, you mean to tell me that out of all of the educated folk at the Cobb County School System, specifically inside of Eastside Elementary School, that not one person said, wait a minute, guys, here's the problem. Not one, you mean to tell me it took students and parents to bring this to your attention? Well, that's exactly what happened. A parent on Twitter said that it resembled a Nazi eagle, and it did, which was developed in the 1920s, and then later became the symbol of the German government after the Nazis took power. That's according to the Anti-Defamation League. The symbol is still used by some white supremacist and neo-Nazi groups. The ADL says, Cobb Schools a spokesperson said in an emailed statement that the logo implementation has been halted and the district is reviewing needed changes. No, you need to just, you need, you need to, who in the hell did this to you? Who was the person commissioned? Who did you contract with? Who's the vendor, okay? All right, we understand and strongly agree. This is what the, <laughs> This is what the school system said. Um, we understand and we strongly agree that similarities not to symbols are unacceptable. All right, good. Although this design was based on the US Army, uh, Colonel's Eagle Wing stakeholder put input has been and continues to be important to our schools, great. Also, there's a synagogue right across the street. So a synagogue across the street from the school told Axios, that he expressed, the leader expressed concerns about the logo to the East Side principal, Maria Clark. Obviously, nothing was done at that point. Stacy Fox, who's the director, the director of communication and strategy, okay, for the Anti-Defamation League's Southeast office, said in a statement that Cobb schools should listen to community concerns, considering the vast increase in reported hate crimes and anti-Semitic incidents in the state and region. And here's another level of irony. The Cobb County school system in particular, 
has been a focal point of multiple racist and race-based incidents inside of the school system. We have actually reported on some of them here. So it is fascinating that no one was sensitive to the reality of this symbol, looking like a symbol that has been wholly adopted by white supremacists in the United States of America. All right, David, am I reading this wrong here? Does that not clearly look like a Nazi symbol? Well, look, anybody who knows anything about Nazi Germany or history is gonna say, of course, that is the Nazi Germany symbol for an eagle. Um, and I suppose it's possible that maybe there's an educator or a principal or somebody in a school board or administration who doesn't know that. But I'm bothered by the fact that uh, there was the synagogue that went to the principal and said, hey, there's a problem here. And why didn't the principal or the people who put up this logo, why didn't they circulate it beforehand and say, hey, yeah. this is what we're thinking about. And here's the second choice and here's the third choice. What do you all think? Because then it would have been caught. But for somebody to essentially jam this down everybody's throats, it would be like saying, "Oh, you know what? our new symbol is gonna be the marching Nazis, the East Side marching Gestapo or the marching Hitlers, whatever it is, that's ridiculous. And so again, it's just it feels like this was a very selfish, narrow-minded decision. I just hope the school uses this as a teaching opportunity, a teaching moment says, okay, we're all gonna learn now about Nazi Germany. We're gonna study why these symbol why these symbols are so abhorrent to so many people so that we all get something out of this miserable experience. Yeah, and also it should indicate the need for diversity, not only diversity of race, but also diversity of background and thought. Because when you have a diverse group of individuals looking at the same thing, you understand dynamics from various perspectives. Very sad, a cop kills his 12 year old daughter and then himself. Put his picture up full mass here. I'm taking you to Vegas, Israel Molina, 41 years of age, killed his 12 year old daughter, Sophia, early Sunday morning before taking his own life. Police said the off duty cop also shot his wife and shot his teenage son, both of whom are expected to survive. The cop had been a North Las Vegas police officer for six years, six years. The shooting was reported shortly before 4 a.m. Here's some background, the married couple, the married couple, they were quarreling when he tried to shoot the woman, police said, noting that their son was shot after he tried to intervene. The teenager and his mother were able to leave the house but the officer stayed inside with the girl, police said. SWAT officers responded and made an emergency entry into the home where they found the two bodies. This guy was a cop, killed his own family, tried to kill everybody in the family. You don't think that a person with this kind of culture inside of them is willing to execute a citizen if they're willing to get angry enough to try to execute their entire family? and successfully killed his 12 year old daughter. You gotta think about the irony of this. This individual was on the police force for years, okay? Now, is there a background here? Let's get into it. Uh, this cop, the same cop was placed on paid leave November 2020. Why? He was arrested for DUI charges and he was arrested for destruction of property. Police said at the time, additional details on the case, we're not immediately available, but we got some more. Let's go back to 2018 on this cat. 
2018, the same officer, North Las Vegas, and his partner were honored for saving the life of a teenage girl who had attempted suicide. In a 2019 interview, Officer Molina recalled the moment saying, and I quote, we immediately bolted toward the apartment. We ran up the stairs at what felt like 110 miles per hour. We were going to ram the door, but luckily it was unlocked. I was in full daddy mode at this point because I have a daughter. This is a terrible irony of it all. Let's put up the spokesperson for the department. A department spokesperson stated, the department offers mental health resources to his officers. It hasn't been determined whether this cop sought these resources. Now shifting gears, all right, we're gonna shift gears. You remember Uvalde, and I'm talking about police culture here. In Uvalde, all of the cops basically responded the same way. They were scared, they didn't go into the building. They were checking their cell phones, getting water, getting hand sanitizer. And it comes down to command, right? The police chief is the person that is supposed to set the culture. It comes down to command. According to the Uvalde police chief, who everybody has summarily blamed, he said, well, I wasn't in command, basically. Okay, Um, this chief has maintained that he did not consider himself to be the incident commander. Let's keep his picture up because this is a hell of a twist in this cop story. That's Chief Pete Arendando. He said, "Ah, you know, I don't think I was really in charge that day. But an interim report by the Texas House of Representatives Special Committee has found those claims to be dubious. There was only one person who should have been in charge that day, and it's the man you're looking at right there. The Uvalde CISD's written active shooter plan. They have an active shooter plan. Directed its police chief to assume command and control of response to an active shooter. That is page seven of the report. Aaron Dondo, the man you're looking at, wrote the damn thing. He wrote it. He's the co-author of the active shooter policy that puts him in charge when there's an active shooter. And he's now claiming that he did not think he was in charge when there was an active shooter. You cannot make this stuff up. The chief's failure to correctly categorize the event was likely the greatest mistake made. According to the committee, instead of ordering a response designed to take out the active shooter, They treated it as a barricaded subject, which was holistically inaccurate. Now, what's happening here? I mean, these are the people that are supposed to be the the bravest, right? They're supposed to come in and they're the tough guys. They got command of the scene. They damn sure wanna have command of you if it's a traffic stop, right? Be slow producing your um, ID and see what happens. What if the cops think you have a gun? This is what happens when they know you have one. In action, this is ridiculous. The, there's something wrong with the culture is my point, all right? So it can't be about reform only, it has to be about replacement. These police agencies aren't in the same state, they're not in the same jurisdiction, they do not have the same 
commanders, but this culture permeates beyond the borders of our cities, communities, states, etc. All right, David, thoughts here. Look, I think you hit it right on the head. Um, the police culture has to change somehow. Uh, the culture, which is all about dominating people that you can dominate and then running the other way or hiding from people who may have outgunned you. And oh, by the way, not recognizing that maybe your own police officers face stress and have mental health issues. Um, I mean, if somebody might have intervened in the case in the Las Vegas police officer, maybe that would have been different because all of us, anybody who's a parent can understand quarreling with your wife, having tensions because of your kids. But what happens is most people will say, okay, I need a break. I need to walk in the other room, I'm gonna leave the house. If there's a gun around, if that's your go-to way of solving a problem, then it's not just solving the problem with the people that you may be chasing down the street. Maybe that's what you do, that's your impulse when dealing with a family member that you're infuriated at, it's, it's yeah. horrible. Yeah, and you have to imagine if he treated his family this way, uh, that there's there's some issue in the background of his policing too. All right, we got more on the other side is indisputable, stick and stay. <laughs> Welcome back, we got a lot of show left. All right, before I read these amazing comments, let me remind everyone, podcast, all right? Check out indisputable with yours truly as a podcast. Where I always deliver a heavy dose of fact-based truth, all of my passion and insight. That's what they told me to read, y'all. Okay. <laughs> uh, so make sure you uh, download the Indisputable podcast from wherever you get your podcast from, Spotify, Apple, iHeart, all over the place, okay? All right, here we go. I am Sock says, there needs to be some kind of public service announcement for or initiative that explains when you should actually call the cops, I, yeah. Because they are not, obviously, they do not need to come to every call. Evidenced by what's happening. Shakita Ganite Beer Dragon says, as a retired psychologist, I cannot suggest calling the police. It could be a death sentence. And that's so sad you have to say that, but that's where it's coming to. Um, make you see the silver hat dragon. Um, it sounds intentional to me, especially when the synagogue told them what the symbol stood for. It would have taken five seconds to confirm what it was. And should have been removed immediately. Yeah. Three, YouTube, super chat. Jennifer Smith, we all know they were not equipped to handle this. She said or did something they didn't like and abused her. That's the opinion of Jennifer. All right, RCR, thank you so much for that. Uh, speaking from personal experience, the reason my family had to call the cops is the only way to ensure the needed hospital stay, fix the system. That is an interesting point because many jurisdictions will not allow you to just check someone in especially with a mental health crisis without an officer doing what's called a 1013. A 1013, which an officer can do, will then guarantee that you are actually hospitalized in a safe space for roughly 70 hours. That's a good point. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're gonna feel free, back off! something fascinating about Karen's. Again, they are unable to turn around. 
Let's put her picture up full mass here. Obviously her privilege gave her the right to ignore the security protocol at Red Rocks and simply go through security because Karens cannot turn around. I thought it was fascinating that during the recording, the security, they were well aware that they were dealing with an active Karen situation. So much so that they were saying, Karen, Karen. Now, here's another irony. Did the person in question ever say, hey, I'm not Karen? <laughs> David, thoughts on this one, man. You know, I, she she recognized herself in what she they were did. saying, I suppose. Um, <laughs> I, I'm also amazed, you know, big giant Tahoe or whatever that SUV was. The sense of entitlement, you could just sort of see it even before she continued to sort of edge forward. Um, and it's it's sad. And I and look, I feel badly for anybody who has to deal with somebody like this, security guard, person on the street. There are people walking around us who seem like totally normal, fine people. But in a weird situation, there's something about them that snaps and they yeah. lose all sensibility, all any, any ability to be rational. And they turn into this person that maybe they wouldn't even recognize. And it's just, it's so sad and pathetic. Truck, I'm sorry, truck, not an SUV. Yeah, and here's the other thing, man. Like she literally was willing to run over the security detail there. One, the security guard got in front, once the security guard got in front of the truck, she did not stop in order to, preserve his life. He knew he had to move away. She's not even looking at them. She's looking straight ahead as if if she looks at them, something different may happen. But very few people, very few people in society will respond like that to a security protocol. Except and why not, why not offer an excuse and say, hey, I'm rushing to the hospital or I gotta pick up my kid or I'm so late. Give some reason why you gotta violate security protocols, but just to like not do anything and just try to roll over the person, that's crazy. Let's let's put that picture up again, full mass here. Let's put a picture up. Um, I think she needs to catch a sale somewhere. Hmm. That's what I think. All right, <laughs> <laughs> that was so wrong, I know. Uh, uh, very difficult story to deal with. California cops, they shoot a man in the back, he's running away. They shoot him while he's running, okay? Uh, there's no question about him running. 23 year old Robert Adams, let's put up a picture of Mr. Adams first. All right, we got his picture up. 23 year old Robert Adams who was working as a security guard. Now security guards, sometimes they actually do have a gun. He was shot in the back and killed by police coming out of an unmarked vehicle on Saturday, right? This was in San Bernardino. Now, Ben Crump is involved because on Monday, I saw this on Ben Crump's page. A family's attorney tweeted a video of the shooting. And it says police in San Bernardino, California fatally shot a 23 year old Robert Adams execution style. It's reported Robert did not know there were police in the unmarked car before he ran for his life. We need a full investigation into this horrific execution, okay? Let me take you to the video. Full scene video here. It's roughly two minutes long, so bear with me as I play this video out because it's important for you to see and understand the context behind it. 
you will clearly see that Mr. Adams posed zero threat. Hello. He was running away. He was trying to avoid conflict, interaction. And according to his family, he never would have posed a threat to law enforcement. Thank you. Under any circumstance. I don't need that. All right, let's get into it. The San Bernardino Police Department offered limited information as to what really happened here. Uh, this is how they addressed it. We are aware of a surveillance video clip circulating online that fails to provide any details or context as to what occurred during the incident. The department said in a statement, Chief Darren Goodman added a statement of his own. We are asking the community to please withhold their judgment on the situation until they have all the available facts and details. The police department, they have not said whether the cops involved have been suspended or placed on administrative leave or anything. The cops involved were fully uniformed during the incident, authorities said, that's according to the authorities. And were sent to the parking lot to investigate an illegal gambling business at the property around 8 p.m. on Sunday. Authorities said the officers involved gave Adams first aid, until first responders rushed him to the local hospital where he was pronounced dead. So in addition, let's put this up. In addition to their statement, their official statement, the San Bernardino Police Department released an enhanced photo suggesting that Adams was holding a gun and an image of a gun, police say, was recovered from the scene. Okay, keep that picture up. And see, this is when you know there's something off. Did he point a gun at a cop? Did he shoot a gun at a cop? Was he in unlawful possession of a gun? Because having a gun and the police showing us a picture of a gun that you may have had is not illegal. It's, it's actually constitutional, right? That's what the Supreme Court told us. The family confirmed that Adams was actually working as an armed security guard but emphasize he never posed a threat whatsoever to law enforcement. They are demanding justice. Adams family confirmed he was working at the gambling site as a security guard and had been carrying a gun after a string of robbery, CBS News and KTLA reported. I could understand if he was a threat to them, Adams mother, Tamika King told CBS, but he was not a threat to them. He was running for his life, she said. Adams stepfather, Odwin King, Told CBS, he wants to see the officer who fired the fatal shots charged with murder. He said, and I quote, the boy ran, said King. The officer hunted him down like a dog. If Adam Steele had some life in him, the officer probably would have finished the clip. So when do we have justice for that? We want justice, we want his badge, we want his job, the grieving stepfather said. We want murder charges. I want murder, murder charges too. He was running away. I don't think Mr. Adams was completely aware of what was going on. I think in the context of his mind, he was thinking about those string of robberies that had recently taken place. 
but he was running away. No matter what else was happening, he was running away. David, thoughts on this? I agree with you. I don't think he knew that these were necessarily cops. I mean, an unmarked police car, and even if he did know they were police, and let's just suppose for argument's sake, let's suppose that he knew that he was guarding an illegal gambling site. Again, that doesn't give the police, and even if he's guilty of protecting an illegal gambling site, and even if he does run away because he knows the police are gonna try to arrest him, that does not give the police the right to be the judge and jury and mete out lethal punishment to somebody. They don't have that right. You can try to tase him, you can try to tackle him. But again, if he's not pointing a gun, and even if he does have a gun on him, so what? The police cannot open fire. I hope there are body cameras in this, and I do also hope that there are murder charges against the cops. Well said, all right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. All right, Rebel Dragon says that Karen just did not know how to execute a five point turn. She only knows how to drive forward, not backwards, okay. Um, v says the way they rolled up on him, talking about Mr. Adams, looked just like the way they rolled up on Tamir Rice. Rest in peace, Mr. Adams, yeah, very sad, isn't it? Miss P says, I really thought she was gonna say that's not her name. But she didn't. Yeah, she knew exactly who she was in that moment. Okay. C. Michael Henson, thank you, C. Michael. <clears throat> it's called a three point turn, Karen. Geez. All right. Uh, Cleric of Truth. Uh, they are unmarked, but security guard need to be marked. Guess he was marked for death standing in the open. Looked like a drive by to me. Uh, Cheryl V, thank you so much for joining Indisputable. You've joined Indisputable. Various. Um, tears to connect with us, would love to see you there. Uh, Donald Trump's bone spurs, uh, spurs, thank you for two months being on team indisputable. Uh, Donald Trump's bone spurs says that I quote, so proud to give up a few bucks to indisputable, even if it is via YouTube. He's speaking truth to power, the right wing is scared to debate, huh? Yeah, they are. All right, uh, so there's a guy, uh, we need to identify who he is, okay? He's picking up Democratic, a Democratic candidate's yard sign and saying, no, no, no. Here's a video. Y'all saw that, didn't you? Put his picture up full mass here. All right, I know how to get to the bottom of this. This person has been dubbed a GOP vandal, takes down neighborhood political signs. The vandal was captured on this ring camera footage in the Franklin, Tennessee neighborhood of Cool Springs East. We're gonna help the people of Cool Springs East. He was taking down signs associated with a Democrat running for the county school board. This man chose to do this nonsense at about 5.30 AM. And according to the account that uploaded the video, the entire neighborhood was impacted if they had a Bob 
Britain sign in their yard. Who's Bob? Let's put up a picture of Bob. That's Bob. Bob is a Democratic candidate running for school board in Williamson County's District 4. A grandfather who's actively involved in the education of his grandkids and seems like an all around nice guy. But Bob obviously has an enemy. Let's put the enemy back up again. This guy. Now, I don't know what compels a person to literally go in the yards of his neighbors, pick up their yard signs, ring the doorbell, that's called audacity, and then throw the yard sign in the yard. He knows he's being recorded, so obviously he has no problem with this segment. He knew he was on camera, okay? We have not been able to independently identify who this individual is. Uh, but he needs to be stopped. This is a criminal activity. This is trespassing, destruction of property under certain jurisdictions, uh, and all around just being a bad freaking neighbor. David, have you ever seen anything like this? He went through the whole neighborhood and did this. Oh, and to do it at 5:30 in the morning. First of all, there's something wrong with you if you're up at 5:30 <laughs> in the morning and your biggest concern is yard signs. And then, yeah, I mean to rip down the yard signs, to ring the doorbell, the ring ring camera, put yourself on there. Talk about brazen. I think you know. Look, this could be a close call about whether you call the police or whether you actually do try to find somebody who specializes in mental health crisis. Because clearly, this guy is not all there. Clearly, he's got some sort of a psychological issue, and um, I hope he gets some help. All right, we'll see. I, I I think he's just a jerk. All right, that's just that's that's my assessment. Okay. All right, let's go to Florida. A Florida teacher um, at a Christian preschool assaults a two-year-old. Insane. Put the picture up full mass here. I'm going to give you the background. Uh, a Florida preschool teacher at a Christian academy has been charged with felony child abuse after she was allegedly caught on camera forcefully grabbing a two-year-old several times and in another incident, causing the child to literally fall to the ground. Her name is Rebecca Lynn Bird, 62 years of age, has been arrested and charged with child abuse just six days after being hired as a preschool teacher. So Bird was working at the Aldersgate Community Christian Learning Center located in the Aldersgate United Methodist Church. This is in Largo, Florida. The school has not yet publicly commented on the incident. The sheriff, the sheriff's office released a statement addressing it saying, and I quote, according to deputies, the victim's mother was informed by the school that her child had been the victim of battery. That's how this started. During the investigation, deputies discovered that Ms. Bird forcefully grabbed the victim several times and then another incident caused the victim to fall to the ground. Deputies also discovered that the incidents were captured on the school's surveillance video. Bird was employed as a preschool teacher at Aldersgate Christian Learning Center from July 12th, 2022 until she was terminated on the morning of July 18th, 2022 after the school had reviewed the surveillance video. At this time, deputies believe there are no additional victims. Bird seems to have a heavy history here. All right, this is where this is where I fought the system. The arrest appears to have been the most recent of Bird's run-ins with law enforcement. In the early 80s, the defendant bearing the same first, middle, and last name 
and the same date of birth was convicted of one count of theft and another count of nonviolent resisting or obstructing a peace officer. In addition to multiple reckless and careless driving citations, a defendant matching the same aforementioned identity markers were also found guilty of DUI 2001, 2005 and 2017 according to online records. Bird was in fact released from jail after posting a whopping $5,000 bond for felony child abuse. Under Florida state law, child abuse is a third degree felony. Penal, uh, the penalty is punishable up to five years in prison uh, or five years of probation, all right? Now highlight this because the protocols have to be in place even if you are a private Christian organization. All right, I know some good people in the United Methodist Church, very good people. Many years ago, I used to be a youth minister in the United Methodist Church. Decent organization, you got some people, free thinking individuals, all right? However, sometimes the very basic protocols of how we should vet individuals are abandoned for the sake of religious industries. Just because a person is a born again Christian or they share your religious spiritual values, that does not mean it creates any level of negligence for you to not do an exhaustive vetting process of that person, especially when they work around children. David, thoughts here? Anybody who works around children, in my view, ought to be going through a criminal background check. And a lot of jobs out there, you have to. So that raises the question, did they do a criminal background check? And maybe they found that she had this record, but because she was born again, and maybe she had made peace with her past, they decided, okay, we'll take a risk. Either way, I think the school sounds like they are liable here. And look, the parents should be able to have the right to know, does my teacher have the qualifications? Did my teacher spend some time in jail? Do they have a criminal record? And let the teacher decide, hey, or let the parents decide, hey, you know, maybe I'm willing to have my child in the school or not. But for the school not to communicate that if they knew it to the parents uh, is reprehensible. Yeah, all right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, always good to be with you, okay, always. The Twitchuation Room, don't forget, Wednesdays, 4 p.m., Francesca. I've been watching her IG, oh, it's hilarious, all right? 4 p.m. Eastern time, 1 p.m. Pacific time, twitch.tv forward slash TYT, the Twitchuation Room. All right, here's the comments. Mickey C, the Silverhead Dragon says, I live out in the boonies on a corner piece of property on a road seldom travel. When Trump first ran, some idiot put a Trump sign on the corner. I'm sorry, this happened to you in my yard. I accidentally hit it with my car, then accidentally ran over it, and then accidentally backed over it one more time for good measure, and then laid it on the edge of the road off of my land. It was gone the next day, and I've never had another sign in my yard unless I put it there. See, I think that's perfectly legal. It's in your yard. Martin says, nothing but the best in Florida educational system. Kevin Rodriguez, food gets born again. <laughs> food gets born again is poop. I hope I can say that. I hope that's not. Is that an FCC violation, Jordan? It is. Okay, all right. It was too late anyway. Uh, <laughs> food gets born again is poop. Born again isn't always good. That's a hell of an analogy, man. 
I may use that when next time I preach at a church that got the picture of white Jesus behind me. All right, uh, GOP man takes out neighborhood political signs. Uh, Blackfish 86 says that would have been the last time he ever stepped foot in my yard. That's exactly what I felt in my soul. Like if somebody would have came and violated my property like that. All right, uh, SK underscore zero nine, coward, do that ish when people are awake. And I thought about this and I was saying this to David during the break. I'm like, man, he's literally waking everybody up at 530 in the morning, yeah. ringing their doorbell, uh, taking down their political signs. All right, okay. There's a Trump supporting sheriff who says not only was the election stolen from Trump, but he's willing now to pick up the ballots himself after people have voted. I kid you not. Let's put his picture up full mass here. All right, this is the new thing they're trying to do. This is Johnson County, Kansas City Sheriff Calvin Hayden. Sheriff Hayden has promoted unsubstantiated suspicions that the 2020 election was stolen. He is now volunteering to have his staff collect ballots from drop boxes and unmarked vehicles. Additionally, an unidentified member of the sheriff's staff offered to have deputies present in the room in the election office where votes are counted. So he wants to pick up the votes. He wants to make sure his deputies are there while the votes are being counted. Now, none of his deputies are election supervisors or election workers. He just wants to volunteer his deputies to do these things. And Sheriff Hayden suggested that ballots deposited in drop boxes must be counted at the drop box site. So if there's a drop box outside of a precinct, he's saying, listen here, fellas, we're gonna have to count them on the outside of the precinct. You see? Oh, Hayden, in a letter to Hayden Johnson County Chief Counsel Pig Trent expressed alarm over this. So this is what good old Trent said. Trent said, as we discussed, my concern is that these requests give the appearance that the sheriff's office is attempting to interfere with an election and to direct a duly authorized election official as to how an election will be conducted. Now, here's what we got so far. The sheriff has come in, he said, listen, I need access to these votes. I need access to the machines. I need access to the ballots. Then I need to transport the damn things. And then when we pick them up from a Dropbox location, we need to count them at the Dropbox location. In addition to that, my deputies need to be there every time a vote is counted. That's what this sheriff has demanded of the county. In a Monday statement, Sheriff Hayden disputed his bias, the view of Trent, the chief counsel for the county. We have no intention, he said, of asserting ourselves <laughs> into any election that is illegal. We have been requested by the Board of County Commissioners to provide security. We made suggestions to help with the security. That's as far as that is gone. Now, there's another irony here. You know, the sheriff is elected. The sheriff himself is on the damn ballot. 
So you literally have a person who's on the ballot saying he wants to be in charge of the transportation and the literal counting and overseeing the count that's happening after the vote. That's what he's proposing. He's an elected sheriff. There's more. Uh, Meanwhile, Sheriff Hayden has been conducting an election fraud investigation for months and has talked up the inquiry at multiple events. Most recently last week at a convention of the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association in Las Vegas. So you got this cat who's literally putting people under investigation for election fraud because Trump said there was some. That's the kind of sheriff he is. The group claims that county sheriffs are the supreme law enforcement of the land and that their authority supersedes all others, even the president of the United States, according to this group he's a part of. Its founder, Richard Mack, is a former board member of the Oath Keepers, an extremist organization that recruits its members among law enforcement. In Las Vegas, <coughs> Sheriff Hayden credited this his ongoing probe, which his office now describes as a criminal investigation, to Catherine Engelbrecht and Greg Phillips of True, uh, of True the Vote, a Texas conservative nonprofit that claimed to have uncovered massive voter fraud in 2020. Their work was the basis for the 2000 Mules documentary that is popular amongst some Republicans. The film has been discredited by many, including US former US Attorney General William Barr, who served under former Donald Trump. Hayden has only spoken in generalities about his investigation and has made no direct allegation of fraud against a direct individual. But this is the kind of person who says he needs to be in charge of the local elections. Wow, the sheriff. Okay, David, just when you thought all the creativity was expressed in the Republican Party as it relates to this election, you get a new one. This is a new one now. What are your thoughts on it? My thought is that the day a county sheriff has more authority than the president of the United States, I'm running for county sheriff because there's <laughs> right. a lot that I would like to do, even here in Connecticut, to try to change some things. So uh, this guy, look, I, I can't even believe that the voters are going to possibly reelect him. He was obviously inserting himself. He obviously wanted to try to control the outcome, control the results. Maybe he then got caught and said, "Oh no, it is illegal." You know what, leave it to the election board. That's the way these elections are carried out. If they want security, if they want an armed guard to help transport the ballots, okay, sure, fine. The sheriff and anybody else who wants to provide security can do that, but stick out of it. Yeah, I mean, he's really trying to be in the room literally um, when these votes are counted. Okay. This boils my blood, predator pastor, okay? was literally caught with a minor with his pants down. Put up his church picture, gonna put his whole full mask. Put his whole church on blast here. Florida pastor associated with multiple churches was arrested last Thursday and charged with the molestation of a 15 year old. His name, we wanna keep his picture up, is Alfonso Joseph, 48 years of, years of age was found with a 15 year old in a vehicle on a golf course, okay? Let's put up his mugshot for a mass, it's a damn shame. Joseph actually brought attention to himself 
inadvertently. The 911 center had received a noise complaint of loud music in the direction of the golf course. That's what alerted the sheriff's office. He wasn't under any investigation for doing these insane and evil deeds. They simply had a noise complaint because of music. Here's the background, a sheriff's deputy arriving at the scene found a gray Toyota Camry somewhere near or on the golf course. When the deputy shined a light on the vehicle, it shook, okay? And the deputy then saw two males pulling up their pants. One of them was a 15 year old child. The other was the reverend. The child told the deputies that he had met the reverend on a dating app that same day. And that he provided the reverend with his address. And that Joseph, the reverend, then picked him up and took him to the area of the golf course where the reverend performed oral sex on him, according to Joseph's arrest report. Now let's put his picture up again. Uh, Now let me be very clear, obviously there's no issue with the sexuality, there's an issue with his molestation. He is a predator. Another deputy spoke with Joseph separately, the reverend. He said he and the child were just uh, just chilling, was the quote. He was shirtless, but he said he had taken his shirt off only because it was hot. But he too conceded that he met the minor on Grinder, but that requires users to be at least 18, a requirement easily circumvented, obviously. So the preacher said the boy told him he was 18, according to his arrest report. He admitted to engaging in sex with the child that would amount to unlawful sexual activity, a second degree felony. Uh, an announcement for service. Let's put the picture back up. An announcement for service when he ran a church called Vision Cathedral three years ago. However, no such entity was registered with the state division of corporations. Besides that church and two other religious organizations, he has for the last two years been a pastor with uh, Destined for Greatness Ministries. And according to a Bishop Chadrick Joseph, right now he, Alfonso, is on a sabbatical, right? So Joseph um, of 75 Blair Drive in Palm Coast was booked on the Flagler County Jail at the Flagler County Jail on July 14th on a charge of lewd or a lascivious battery and on a $15,000 bond. These bonds are always really low compared to the crime in my opinion. He was released the same day because he could make the bond. He has been ordered to have no contact with any minors, okay. All right, here we go, here we go again. Another preacher uh, like Jesse Lee Peterson utilizing their power, utilizing the uh, influence of trust in order to commit evil against those that are vulnerable. There you have it. Now this is permeating obviously throughout multiple denominations. We report on these things too regularly. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, uh, it was the Catholic Church once again in the news for doing the same thing and engaging in cover up. 
these individuals do not represent the goodness of any faith value system. They are simply charlatans, okay? That's all, they just found a game. And this is their mode to manipulate the masses. And I get sick and tired of it. But I also do these stories because I wanna remind parents and people who are out there of good faith to continue to be vigilant. You can have a good faith basis for how you deal with individuals who are trusted in the society, but you have to be vigilant. All right, David, thoughts here. Like Alfonso Joseph may have been a good pastor. He may have you know, preached from the pulpit in sort of wise ways, but clearly he had some issues. And again, it's incumbent on everybody to be careful out there. And, and you know, I, I, it's disgusting, it's revolting. I feel, I feel badly for everybody involved. I also feel badly for, what are we gonna hear the story of instead of them going off to a you know, playground or a park or a golf course, when are, when are they gonna be found, I don't know, like at a pickleball court or something else. Why is it always the golf course that they have to go to? Anyway. Yeah, it's crazy, it's ridiculous. All right, we're gonna follow this story because I think there's more to it. I do believe there are other victims in this preacher's background and I will bring them front and center to you. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. What's happening, welcome back. I gotta tell you, I get so much joy because of the information, the delivery, the context, the nuance of the reporting of our dear brother, David Schuster. So some of the videos more recent on Rebel HQ, give us some of the highlights of what you're covering right now. Dr. Richie, thank you. We've been doing a lot on the police interactions. And one of the ones that we just did just the other day, police in Maryland, for example, they were called to somebody who was having a mental health crisis, who was suicidal, reportedly armed. And of course, the police went in with their guns, yelling and screaming at this man instead of de-escalating. And when the man pointed a walking cane and the police opened fire, including wow. the man, the police was yelling, it's a cane, it's a cane, it's a cane. And even he fired shots. Why is that? So we've been looking a lot at police police interactions, what is it about police culture? How come they're not trained to de-escalate? We've also been doing a lot of videos on politics. We've got one coming up today about Donald Trump and whether Donald Trump is losing a step. Even some Republicans and conservatives now are a little bit worried about that after Donald Trump was asked in an interview about Ukraine and went off on this very random screed about windmills. We think he was trying to make a point about energy independence, but it was it was sort of odd. So conservatives are worried about that. And then occasionally, like today, uh, and probably publishing tomorrow, we've got a good news story about people who do the right thing, who practice a random act of kindness in somebody's life, not because anybody is looking, but because they think that is the right thing to do. So you can find us on Rebel HQ on Facebook and on YouTube uh, and on the tyt.com website. Love your reporting, my friend. Love Thank it. You. All right. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Um, we got a lot of them, I'll read as many as I can. Uh, don't forget about the watch list, all right? Do not forget about our big homie, Jared Jackson. Live weekdays, 12 p.m. Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time. Watch live, follow on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash watchlist TYT. Also subscribe at youtube.com forward slash watchlist TYT. Just be anti-racist says, so the sheriff wants to transport ballots, question mark. Would that be before or after he gets another horrific hair dye job done? <laughs> <Ain't> that bad. <laughs> Predator pastor. All right. So V says, did David just say pickleball court? <laughs> yes, that's, that's the fastest growing sport for people who don't like tennis but want a little more action. It's pickleball. That's like it's, it's it's all the rage. 
All but right, now so they're I'm setting up this. pickleball courts at community centers. So I'm waiting for the day when somebody tries to park their car and do something nefarious at a pickleball court. David, that's the whitest thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> and I know you're a white guy. I could have said shuffleboard, right. but I said pickleball. Are you? I know. All right, never heard of it personally, uh, but I agree. I, I believe it's a thing. All right, Mag, uh, MAGA Sheriff, the voodoo you do. Love it how Sheriff is talking about breaking the law. Yep. Matthias Giovanni, uh, his deputy should have a lot of time. I know he's volunteered his deputy to do like 30 jobs. Like, wait a minute, you have enough deputies to not ask for any budget increase, no additional officers to do all these new jobs. What in the hell are your deputies doing now? Okay, good point actually. All right, let's go to Twitch, uh, blitz those. The only criminal who should be investigated is the sheriff. I agree with you, uh, the predator pastor, Jax Drax says, Putting a cross on a creek doesn't make them a Christian. Damn right, very good point. Okay, so there's a convicted child predator cop who never even got jail time, just got probation. Is now saying he needs to be off of probation because he has a job interview coming up and it's not gonna look good if he's on probation. Let me take you to the former Louisville Metro police officer. Put up his picture, okay? This person you're looking at avoided prison time following an actual conviction for sexually abusing a minor. He was serving as the minor's mentor in the department's youth explorer program. He took advantage of his position, of his department, of his badge, of his government paycheck and of this child. He gets convicted, he gets no jail time. In March 2021, Brad Schumann was sentenced to six months of home incarceration and two years of probation, that's it, that's all he got. In addition, Schumann was ordered to pay a whopping $2,000 fine and register as a sex offender. Now, the former cop has asked a federal judge to release him from probation early because he needs to get a job in the trucking industry. He's gonna miss his big opportunity here, judge. Let me give you some background to the original crime. A girl identified as BL claimed in a federal lawsuit that Officer Schumann abused her in his police cruiser and sought sexual pictures and acts from her. The former officer admitted he subjected a juvenile female in the Explorer program that he mentored. He subjected her, the victim, to sexual contact at her home and other places in 2010. Schumann pleaded guilty in November 2020 to a misdemeanor charge of sexual abuse. He could have been incarcerated for up to a year. At his sentencing, the victim called Schumann a monster and a predator who ruined her life. The other officers involved, Put him up, it was a whole damn scandal. Former officers Kenneth Betts and Brandon Wood, left and right, are both in prison for federal and state crimes. Wood was sentenced to 70 months in prison for attempted enticement of a teen in the program. Wood also pleaded guilty in a state court to seven counts of sexually abusing a teen in the program, in the program, and is serving a five year sentence 
that is running concurrent with the federal conviction. Betts, the other cop, is currently serving 16 years in federal prison on child pornography and enticement charges. He also pleaded guilty to sodomy charges in state court. A lawsuit involving the officer settled in 2021 for 3.65 million. All of them were violating children, all of them. You know, they really need to be in prison for the rest of their lives. I'm not gonna say what else I wanna say because we're on TV. But to think that they get months and then one cop avoids jail time altogether. Just think about the compounded evil here. You're a mentor, these are minors in an explorer program because they need mentorship and they're looking at possibly getting into policing, being the good guys or the good girls, right? Being the good ones and you corrupt them, you take advantage of them, you manipulate them. You utilize them for your own sick ass fantasies. And then when you get caught, you get a slap on the wrist, no jail time, probation, house arrest. And now you're petitioning the judge to do what? To let you off early cuz you have an interview with a trucking company. Put up their pictures again. I want you to remember who these people are. So if they do get a job, you know exactly who they are, all right? That's two of them, put up the other guy. All right, that's the guy that wants the early release from probation for trucking. Uh, David, here's what I believe, brother, and correct me if I'm wrong. But I believe when you hold a position of public trust and you violate that public trust, you should be held to the highest standard of accountability and not the lowest. That is my view of this. That's right, and the punishment should be higher as well. I mean, there is a special place in hell for anybody who preys on children. But there's another place in hell that's even hotter for people who use their authority, use their position to get at children and then take advantage of children and break the law. And to me, that's just, it's reprehensible, I agree. I think the punishment should be much more severe. I think all of them should be in jail. And I hope that trucking company is also paying attention because I hope when that guy walks in for the interview, the trucking company says, you know what? We're not gonna have any child predators driving trucks for us. We'll find another trucking company. Yeah, and just in case the trucking company needs some help, put up that pictures guy again, put up the guy's picture again. Yeah, that's, that's who he is, okay? It's a damn shame, man. He should be in prison, all right? Not asking for early release on probation right now. All right, I got a question for everybody. What in the international red state hell? You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face, it's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math, somebody say amen. Are you enjoying the weather there, mate? What? Are you enjoying the weather there? What are you talking about? I said, are you enjoying the weather there? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Am I not allowed? Yeah, yeah, but you're, yeah, but you're in the bin. Oh, Jesus. The moment you try and do anything, someone comes along and tries to stop you. No, no, I'm, I'm not trying to stop you. I'm just saying you're in the bin. Right, if you want to fight about it, be a man, come out and fight about it. What? I'm trying to stop me. Stop me doing whatever I want. I'm not, my own bin. I'm not trying to have a fight, mate. I'm just saying you're in the bin. You're you're having a cocktail. Listen, Nobed. If I want to have a 
a swim in my own bin on the hottest day that we've ever had in England, then I'm entitled to do so. Mate, I'm just... Who are you to stop me? No, 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 I'm, I'm not trying to I stop... Said, who are you to stop me? I'm not trying to stop you, mate. Me. No, I'm Who's just... Who am I supposed to swim if I can't swim in my own bin? Go to the leisure centre, mate. Leisure centre? Yeah. It's too leisure bound. Leisure centre? Yeah, it's... Uh, it's a bloody problem. Listen, there's no problem. What about leisure centre? I'm just saying you're in the bin. Yeah! Oh, I have more, but damn it! If a man can't swim in his own trash can, what can he? There's more video, here it is. Right, what are you filming me for? No, I just want to see what you did. Well, you're a No, no, I'm not, not perfect, man. You're a pervert, you want to see my naked body? Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, I'm not interested. All right, sorry. Yeah, you should be sorry. Off you toddle. No, uh, uh, come no, on come then. Come on, if you want to fight. No, come on then. Fight, don't say, come on, then. Oh, I'm going to toddle off. Oh, no, 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 uh, I want to see your naked body because I'm a See? All right, man, then. come on then, come on then. Doing what they can't do. Come on then, get out of there then. Don't say come on. I've told you to come on. No, 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 come on, come on then. So what are you going to do? I'm knocking your bloody nose down your throat. All right, then, go on then. <laughs> you say, ah! <laughs> All right, wait a minute. There's a real victim here. We all must pause a moment to pay homage. Here it is. I'm knocking your bloody nose down your throat. All right, then go on then. That was a fine cocktail, sir. That cocktail did not deserve the shenanigans that took place that day. All right, so here's the thing. We've been trying to figure out, was this legit, was this staged? So there's a split decision here among those who are semi-familiar with the story. Um, I don't know, but I will say it was hella funny to watch. David, what are your thoughts, man? I think this is totally legit. Um, I mean, I imagine this is something that maybe the Beatles engaged in because they kind of had that Beatles North England sort of accent. Uh, and I agree with you. Um, you know, fruity cocktails, adult beverages like this, they deserve better than the treatment that this knucklehead gave it. He should have known better. He should have taken better care of that drink when he got out of the garbage can. He could have asked the man to hold his drink while he got out of the garbage can, and then they could have fought. All right, let me ask you this because you already have given me some information I didn't know. What's the game again? Pickle what? What is it's it? It's called pickleball. It's kind of like tennis, but it's right. with uh, with paddles and it's like a wiffle ball and you play it on a tennis court. Right. And it's it's similar to when you volley back and forth at the net uh, with, with tennis, but it's with gotcha. this pickleball and it makes this whack. So it's not tennis. It's not tennis, but it's kind of some, it's like it's like easier than tennis. Or people who can't play tennis or tennis yeah. is too strenuous, they can play pickleball and they can sort of get into it. And it's like the fastest growing sport. People who pick it up, they love it. All races, religions, sizes, their singles, their doubles, pickleball, it's the it's the new thing. All right, so I'm gonna look into this, uh, <laughs> David. So so let me ask you, this is the, the comparison here. So I didn't know about pickleball, all right, I'm gonna look into it. Forgive me of my ignorance of this um, right. obviously trending new sport. Um, is swimming inside of a trash can <laughs> like a new thing too? Well, I suppose in England where they just had record temperatures, the hottest <laughs> they've ever recorded. And by the way, 104 degrees in London, that's like you know Tuesdays in Phoenix. But putting yeah. that aside, it's really warm for them because I think London has got a higher latitude than uh, than any place in the United States, the 48 contiguous states. So what's really hot? And what do they say? That the creativity is best when you're sort of forced to get there. 
If somebody wants to fill up their bin, as they say, or their trash can with water or anything else, and they're on their own property, as long as they're not, you know, stealing somebody's yard sign or trying to make moves on the neighborhood child, that's that's fine by me. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, I don't have an issue with it. I'll put up the graphics again, full mass. Uh, you know what did it for me? It's the shades, man. <laughs> I mean, why would you bother a guy who's rocking those kinds of shades? Obviously, that's a cool cat. Okay, David. Always a pleasure, my dear brother. Tell people, <laughs> tell people how they can follow you, man, and check out your great work. People can check me out at the Rebel HQ on Facebook and let's see, Facebook and YouTube, and also on tyt.com. We put up videos every day, and on good days, I'm lucky enough to be on Indisputable with Dr. Richie, where we're following the people who are inspired by the Beatles. That's on right. Summer days. <laughs> That's right, Something dear brother. Like always a pleasure, man. Always a hot honor Thanks, to have Dr. you on the show. Thank, Thank you, you brother. Um, Twitchuation Room, don't forget, is next. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable. I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today. But what do we do on this show? We tell the truth. You know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here. Congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. Here's the pattern that we see in all of these Karen stories. They think they own stuff they do not own. Now, where does that come from? I don't know, maybe slavery. Maybe they think they should still own black people. This is what happens when Karens weaponize the police. When you're used to privilege, equality seems like oppression. It hits you in a certain way when someone is holding you against your will, treating you like you're a criminal and you're an innocent person. This is something that black people face no matter where they are. A stronger black economy lends itself to a stronger, greater economy. Don't think it's exclusive of you, it's inclusive of you. What's your beef with critical race theory? It adds more fuel to the fire of the racist tendencies that we already have. We have a generation of problem solvers that can remedy the problem if they are properly taught what the problem is. You know who created redlining in this country? Mm-hmm. The white liberal. I, I, don't, I don't give a damn who created it. If it's no, a racist I, I, policy, I racist policy. Shelly, here's what I don't to. know. I don't know. See, there you go filibustering, brother. You're scared of this truth, but you're gonna get it though.